Okay, so we now move on to the next segment of our program, and uh, well, today we 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 will focus also on um, questions pertaining to travel because the discussion, you know, earlier on the first segment of our discussion was about holidays. We into that period now, but uh, we will take a look at other questions as well. Mufti um, Yusuf, uh, you joining us again? Yes. Mufsab, so the first uh, the first question that we have here, we see somebody sends us a message uh, and they thanking Mufsab for the program. Jazakallah so much enjoying these programs. Mufsab gives such good advice. Din and dunya, alhamdulillah. Then they're asking a question and the question reads, please ask Mufti, can we pay our helpers bonus money with interest money? So the bonus is an expectation that is part of the remuneration of the person you know where every year you give them the bonus and they've come to expect it and it's part of now they you know they consider that as part of their payment for the year it's just that an extra check a check that they receive or extra payment so in that case we would say that no you cannot use the interest money interest money needs to be given to the poor uh, you know with the intention of getting rid of this money and fulfilling the command of allah in this regard so, yeah, this is a payment for services that they've done. It is a bonus. It's called a bonus, but it's part of, you know, according to uh, the social norm or the employment norm that people do expect this and they do consider it as part of their wages. So, yes, uh, we would say that you shouldn't uh, pay it with interest money. Okay, Jazakla, for that move up. Now, another question that comes through. Can you please tell me the mileage restrictions after which Qasr Salah can be offered because there are so many views on it? The person then goes on to say that I work in Islamabad, which is in Pakistan, but my home is very much far away from here. I go home once in a month for a maximum a week or sometimes more. Should I say Qasr prayers there at home or full prayers? And one of my colleagues lives nearby, but his house is around 60 or so kilometers away from office, but he comes daily from home. Will he say Qasr namaz while he stay in office? Yes, so uh, the distance is 78 kilometers from the, you know, from the boundary of your city. Uh, till your destination, the boundary of that. And uh, so the amount of rakats you would pray when you go home, uh, you know, there are two things one needs to understand. What is what asli, that refers to a person's permanent residence. What ne'qama, if a person intends to stay for 15 days or more in one place, then this will be called what ne'qama. So uh, when we look at, you know, the question, then we would say that uh, Islamabad is your what ne'qama and your what asli is some other place. If the distance between Islamabad and your hometown is uh, 78 kilometers and you intend to stay in Islamabad for more than 15 days, as appears in the question, and while traveling from your hometown to Islamabad or vice versa, during the, the journey, yeah, you will be a musafir, but the moment you enter there, you will perform salah in full. Okay, Jazakallah for that. Um, Okay, now another interesting question, Muftisab. Many people tend to get, uh, you know, confused with this, but okay, let's see another question pops up here. So, Muftisab, they have this, um, they forwarded, uh, you know, a poster or a picture here that shows, that says Ramadan benefits, uh, misconception, whoever dies in Ramadan will not be punished in his grave, and they have a whole quotation here. Then the question is, Assalamu alaikum, Muftisab, is this correct? What are the blessings of passing on in Ramadan and on Jumu'ah? Uh, yes, yeah, so in terms of death in the, the month of uh, Ramadan, 
then uh, Ramadan is a month of mercy. The doors of Jannah open during the month of Ramadan, the doors of mercy. But when we talk of specifically a, a special virtue, remember virtue can only come from the Messenger Sallallahu hmm. or from a verse of the Noble Quran. Virtue can't just come about. So we do not know of any specific virtue of dying in the month of Ramadan. But the special mercy descends in the month of Ramadan and we hope that that will be a means of forgiveness for uh, that person. In terms of uh, Yawmul Juma, and if a person passes away uh, on uh, Yawmul Juma, which is from Maghrib time on uh, a Thursday uh, up until the just before Maghrib on Friday uh, with Iman, then that person, it is stated in the Hadith, that person will be saved from the punishment of the grave due to the auspiciousness of uh, Friday. And this is mentioned in the Hadith. Uh, you know, it should also be kept in mind that Allah he has the sole prerogative, he may punish whoever he wishes and may spare whoever he wishes. Okay, Musab, another question about unit trust. Is unit trust allowed in Islam? Yeah, so uh, the thing is that, uh, you know, these things require further detail and in what instances and, you know, where uh, a person would purchase from which companies. Uh, so there are details in this regard. Uh, the, the company that you're buying from uh, should be a Islamically approved company. Uh, that is, ideally, if it's not, then you should look at how they do business. Uh, it should be done in a way that is in conformity with the Sharia, uh, and that uh, there should be a minimum amount of, uh, you know, un-Islamic activities that take place, and one should object to those uh, activities. Uh, so they offer the details as to when this would be allowed. Okay, Jazakallah for that. Mufti Sahib, another question that comes through is, uh, do you read Qiyamul Layl and the Tahajjud? No, Qiyamul Layl and Tahajjud is one Salah. Mm. This Salah starts after you've completed your Isha Faraz, and it ends at the crack of dawn, Subah Sadiq. So any Salah that is performed at that time would be Qiyamul Layl, it would be Tahajjud Salah, uh, the, great, uh, the greatest of the Nawafil Salah. Nabi Sallallahu said, Alaykum bi Qiyamul Layl. I advise you to hold on to Qiyamul Layl. It was the way of the pious before you. Uh, and Nabi Sallallahu went on to say that قُرْبَةٌ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ means of being closeness to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala وَمَنْهَاتٌ And gives you the, uh, the capability to stay away from sin. And also in other verses of the Noble Quran, it is said that إِنَّ نَاشِيَةَ اللَّيْلِ يَأَشَدُ it is a means of trampling on your nafs, getting control, and also getting control of your tongue. So there are numerous benefits of the Qiyamul Layl. All right, Jazakallah for that, Mustasab. Let's take a look at further questions. How many sunnats do we have to pray when offering one's kasar prayers? Please tell me of all five prayers. My father says that we do not have to pray for sunnats in Dhuhr. Please tell me the exact number of rakat sunnah and farad for a kasar salah. And also tell me if you are traveling out of our city, for how many days should we say our kasar prayers? So there are two conditions while you're in travel. You know, one is why, when you're in the motion of travel, you're in a hurry. Uh, you just left the, 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 your, your home and you're on the way to the airport and you're stopping at the musalla or you're performing salah at the airport or at the harbor port or you're at the bus station, uh, you're in the car, you're stopping at the Shal Ultra City, whatever it is. That is, you're in the motion of travel. Then in the motion of travel, 
you can then leave out the sunan salah the sunnah mu'akkada as well as the sunnah ghair mu'akkada you just read your two rakats and you carry on but when you've reached your destination now you reached durban or you reached port elizabeth or you reached cape town you're going to stay here for five days three days during the period that you you're not on the move anymore now you you stationed at one place so at that point you should read the sunnah mu'akkada salah the 12 rakats which is two before fajr four before dhuhr two after dhuhr uh, uh two after maghrib two after isha you should read those sunnah uh, mu'akkada and if you can then also the sunnah ghair mu'akkada so that is the you know people have this misconception that when you uh, musafir you're not allowed to read sunnah salah or it's not permissible for you to read the sunnah salah no it's actually advised that you should continue as you know if you can manage and only when you are in the motion of traveling on movement and you need to get to you the you know onward your journey then you can omit it in terms of the days as we've indicated the person intends to remain in one place for 15 days or more then he will not be a musafir he will be a muqim and that will be his watna iqama Jazakallah for that Mufsab. Another question, can a Musafir reading Qasr combine two Salah together like Zohar and Asr or Maghrib and Isha? Please uh, advise. So according to the Hanafi Madhab, uh, every Salah must be performed on its appointed time, whether one is a Musafir or a Muqim. Uh, it's not possible for a Musafir to combine Zohar and Asr or Maghrib and Isha. Uh, there is leeway for the Musafir and an ill person uh, to perform uh, salahs in such a way where you perform it on the end time of it. So just say, you know, we are in now into the into the uh, summer months. So you look at what is the end time of Zohar. So Zohar end time, just say it's four o'clock and the Asr time begins at quarter past four. So what you could do is you could read your Zohar at four and read your Asr at quarter past four. Or for Isha, the Isha, the Maghrib time ends at say quarter to nine or half past eight. So you read your Maghrib later and uh, early uh, Isha early. That is while you're traveling. So you have to you make one stop and you read both salahs. There is leeway for that. Uh, in terms of the other mazahib like the shawafis, they do have the jama of the salah, uh, which is permitted in their madhab. That when the time comes in, they make intention at that point that we will be making the jama of the dhuhr and the asr salah. And when they make the the, the intention for it. Then they then will perform the dhuhr and the asr uh, together. So that is in the other mazai, but the Hanafi madhab uh, does not permit the combining of the salahs uh, in one time. Okay, another question. I will be traveling from Seattle to Tacoma direct. is about 33 miles. I have a few stops I have to make that adds about 25 plus miles. Would I be Musafir? So if a person is taking... You know, traveling. Mm. We won't look at the, the direct uh, distance between the two points, but we'll look at the traveled distance. Mm. So basically, if you need to go from point A to point B, and you take a long cut, and as a result of the long uh, trip that you made, it exceeds the Shari distance, which is 48 miles, 78 kilometers, then in that instance, you will be a Musafir. If you take the shortcut, uh, uh, then you will not be a Musafir. So we will look at uh, the criteria will be the actual amount of kilometers that you've passed. Okay, a resident of Lens landed from Cape Town and made Asar Kasar in Shafi time at the airport. Is this correct? Is he still a Musafir after landing? So Hanafi should endeavor to perform his Asar in the Hanafi time 
uh, after Mr. Thani. However, in the case of necessity, one is traveling, one may read Asr in the Shafi time, as this is also another view of the Hanafi Madhab. Now, in principle, a Musafir will remain a Musafir until he enters, enters the built-up area of his locality. Uh, so, you know, uh, a resident of Lanes landed from Cape Town, so he's coming back from Cape Town, mm. and he's at the airport. So, there's two airports in uh, Joburg. It's either uh, our Tambo and Lanseria, and then he's going to make his way to Lanasia. So, in both instances, he will be a Musafir until uh, he enters Lanes. Mm. Uh, he will be a Musafir. Uh, uh, so, uh, in this case, if he made the Safar Salah at the airport, it will be correct. Okay, if a person intends to be in a local community for 20 days and after five days he changes his intention to only stay a total of 10 days in the city, 10 days meaning from the arrival date, will he begin to do kasar from the first salah following the change in intention? If he made the intention to stay there 15 days, uh, which obviously passes the minimum requirement of 15 days, hmm. so he, he, you know, he intended 20 days, which passes the minimum amount of 15 days, so then he will be required to perform full Salah. Now he changes his intention to leave the city five days earlier. Mm. But he will remain a Mukim because his intention co you know, coincided with his action. Now with the mere change of his intention, his condition won't change. So even though he is now going to leave after 10 days, or he will still complete, make the complete Salah. So in the, uh, you know, in the books of Fiqh, they speak about the fact that Ania uh, which is not with an action, does not have an effect. So yeah, there's no action that he's doing. He just changes his intention from iqama to safar, so he will have to continue making the full salah. Okay, another question comes about is, a person wore his uh, mozas, the khuf, for more than 24 hours while at home, thinking that 72 hours is for a person at home as well. He had been doing this for a few years. He can't remember for how many salah, sometimes two days and sometimes three days, and how many years he might have done this, what should he do? So it is permissible to make masal, the hoof, the leather sock, uh, or you know other socks that are made of a similar type of thick material that meets the requirement of the hufain when one wears it in the state of wudu. And as we know that the mukim, a non-traveler, may make masal, the hoof, for 24 hours, there's one day and one night, uh, from the time that the wudu terminates, and a musafir will make masal the khufain for up to 72 hours, three days and three nights from the time when the uh, when the wudu breaks. Now, this is the basic ruling in this regard. Now, in the case where the person was doing the uh, musafir amount while he was in a, uh, you know, being unaware, so that salahs that were performed in that condition would obviously be null and void because the person's Wudu was not complete. So you need to do an estimation as to how many salahs are performed in that state, and then you need to make kada of those salahs. Okay, when traveling by flight between my hometown and destination, what time of prayers do I follow? Do I continue to follow hometown salah times until I reach my destination? Yeah, so this is an important, you know, people going for Umrah, people going for different places. Uh, so some of the airlines actually they have a channel there where you can log in and they can tell you what is the salah time mm. but don't take that too much because uh, when you're flying from the west towards south africa mm. uh, the maghrib time this doesn't come you know it's a long period where you see the sun is just about to set about to set but it doesn't actually get to the point of setting so 
for Maghrib in particular, wait till you see that the sun has now set, then only perform your salah. Hmm. And sometimes it will be a 40-minute period where you'll see the sun is about to set, but because you are flying to the west and the sun sets in the west, it will, you know, you'll continue seeing the sun in that pre-set position. So be careful about that. So you need to find out the, that area where you're passing over. You're passing over Malawi with a flight, then you need to do research or you need to you know, log into your app or you need to check on the channel of the, of the airline to see what is the Salah times for that area and work it out. So you will have to look at the area where you're passing over and make Salah according to that. Okay, Jazakallah for that, Muftizab. Another question that comes in now. My second question is that... Okay, I'm not too sure it's linked to this other question. My second question is that, is it allowed to offer Salah on a moving bus since the bus has its designated route and stops at only one service area and the time for a particular Salah may elapse while one is on the bus? A follow-up question is, how can one offer Salah in a moving bus when there's not enough space to stand and also the direction of Qibla keeps changing? Okay, so then in a case like this, you will just make Salah uh, seated on your seat and uh, in whatever direction is possible. And then when you reach your destination, you will repeat your Salah. You will repeat your Salah. If you can, if it's possible, then you should stand and face the Qibla in the bus. But if it's, you know, you're scared that the bus may put a sudden brakes and you go tumbling down the aisle, or the fact that, you know, you're not sturdy on your legs, mm. uh, you can't manage that, then you sit on your seat and you perform in whatever direction is possible. And when you reach your destination, uh, repeat your salah. So th that is the advice in this regard. And in terms of, you know, performing salah on the plane, on the bus, uh, alhamdulillah, you know, people find it difficult. But uh, through my own experience, I, I found that, you know, uh, airlines have been accommodating. Recently, when we traveled to Pakistan, we were able to perform all the salahs on its appointed time. And the moment we, you know, we asked the air hostess that we'd like to perform the salah, they were accommodating, they pulled the curtain close of that area in the back and gave us uh, this space. So, you know, people shouldn't feel that it's difficult or it's insurmountable, unattainable to perform Salah on a plane, on an airport, on a train, on a bus. Uh, it is achievable. Alhamdulillah, one can do that. And one of the things that you could, you know, use, uh, you know, what will make it easier is using the hoofs, using your sealskin socks, whatever. So that will help you in terms of not having to then, you know, sometimes you have to make wudu, uh, a flight that's going through the night, uh, you uh, to perform the Fajr Salah, uh, you will have to make a fresh wudu on the plane or on the train, on the bus. So having the hoof uh, or having the sealskin socks or any of the other wudu socks that are approved by the ulama, that will make it easier in terms of, you know, having to raise your foot up to wash it in the basin. Mm. So that is one of the things. Keep on hand, uh, you know, if you can, your lota, your musalla, and, uh, you know, in that way, wherever you are, uh, you know, it shouldn't be that you say, no, you know, I'm not parked, I have to go to the toilet at the airport, I'll make my kaza when I get home, or there's no place here, people will watch me, I can't make salah. Uh, uh, wherever you are in the world, uh, Allah has made the earth a musalla for this ummah. Wherever we are, we make salah. And inshallah, the, 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 the plus of this is that that ground on which you made salah, whether it's the airport or it's the atmosphere, that will come on the day of Qiyamah and give testimony that such and such person performs Salah in this part of the atmosphere and that atmosphere will come and give testimony uh, in your favor. SubhanAllah. So what an honor and a privilege that would be for us. 
Jazakla for that, Muftsab. Very pertinent advice, very practical advice that Muftisab has given throughout the program. The first discussion, how to make the holidays productive. Muftisab gave excellent advice there, and all these questions that Muftisab has answered for us also makes it very easy for us to understand the concept of how to travel. And obviously, we keep uh, the fact that we are Muslims and Salah needs to be performed at its regular time, whether you're at home, whether you're on holiday. Jazakla, uh, Muftisab, and uh, we will chat again at another time. Yes, we meet again in the new year, inshallah. Until then, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.